Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Part five of our series on the book of Nehemiah. Uh, I feel like we've been here for five weeks, and uh, but it's, it's going to be a, a good one. And I want to just bring you to the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 17 and 18. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. If you're there, say I'm there. You guys feeling awake this morning? I need you to help me preach this. So so let's get that energy all the way up, all right? Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned down with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God that was on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began to do this good work. This is the word of the Lord. Can you pray with me this morning? God, we just love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. And Father, I just ask that right now as we open up your, your holy word, God, that we be challenged by it. Father, thank you for bringing us here safely this morning. And Father, as a church, we do surrender this entire scare of this virus into your hands, God. We, we, don't, we don't know the ins and the outs and, and all the science behind it. But Lord God, we, we do know who is in control of the entire universe. And so, Lord, I do pray for a hedge of protection over us, over our children, Father God, over our families, over our community, God. And Lord, I pray that everybody that's in positions of power and decision-making would have the wisdom, Lord God, to do what needs to be done in order to preserve lives. God, I also lift up to you the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses of our city, of our state, of our region. Father, I pray that you would also set your angels around those doctors and nurses, God. Father, that you would literally use their hands to be hands of healing. And uh, we pray, God, that every life that can be preserved, that you would preserve those lives. We ask all this in, in faith, in the name of Jesus Christ, our great physician. Amen. So just to bring us up to speed, we've been in the book of Nehemiah, like I said, for five weeks. And we, we know that Nehemiah was a man in Babylonian captivity. Here is bad news that the city of Jerusalem has been burned down. The gates have been destroyed by fire. He begins to weep, but also to worship. He's in a position where he has access to the king. He goes to the king. The king releases him to go to Jerusalem to go rebuild the walls. In all of this, there's two people that pop up in the story, Sanballat and Tobiah. They're disturbed that somebody is going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem because the enemy is always disturbed when you begin to step into your purpose. And we've talked through all of that, and parts one through four are up on the podcast, and I would encourage you to go there and listen and kind of get up to speed if you've missed any part of it. But what's happening now is that we saw last Sunday that Nehemiah has now arrived in Jerusalem, and yet he waited still three days before he began to rebuild. And after three days, he only went out with a few people uh, in order to scope out, to, to see what was going on in the city of Jerusalem, in order to see what needed to be done. And we talked about how every dream that God gives you, you need to be cautious or careful with who you share that dream with or who, that, who you share that vision with. That uh, Nehemiah's wisdom was found in the fact that he was submitted to God 
He was submitted to leadership, and he was also submitted to a few close friends that he knew would be on his team in order to get this work done. And so we need to be cautious. We need to have wisdom and discernment in terms of who we bring into the plans, who we bring into the dreams and the plans that God has laid on our hearts. Because a lot of times we will end up uh, uh, crippling the call of God on our life because we have a big mouth. And we talk too much. And so, so there's just this wisdom on Nehemiah because he said, I didn't tell everybody what God had set in my heart to do. And we talked last week how the biggest proof that God is doing something in your life is not you talking about it, but you actually stepping into it. Come on, somebody. Talk is cheap, but actions speak volumes. And, and so all of that kind of sets the stage, the foundation for where we're at this morning. So what's going on in Nehemiah chapter 2 is that now Nehemiah is having a meeting with the folks that, that are going to help come alongside him and rebuild this wall. Uh, and, and Nehemiah in chapter 2 gives us a, a complete sermon about the importance and strategies of healthy leadership. This morning, I want to talk to you about leadership, and you may say, well, that's not for me. I'm not a leader here. No, I, I would say, I would argue that everybody that's in this room is a leader in some kind of capacity. Either you are a leader at home, you are a leader at work, you are, you are leading something. You are leading your wife, your wife is leading some, you're, you're leading your kids, you're leading at your work, you're, you're leading here at church, you're leading something. All of you, every single one of you in this room, in some capacity, at some level in your life, you are a leader. And I believe that the, one of the mandates of our church and what I believe God has taken us into in this next season, this next stretch of ministry, is to equip people for the work of ministry, but also to equip people as leaders, not only in the church, in the house of God, but in business, in, 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 the, in the marketplace, in their home, husbands and wives being equipped to properly lead their homes. What our world needs is good Christian leadership. Right? We don't need just good Christian followers. We need good Christian leadership. People that know that I am a leader. People that know I have been equipped with a gift. I have something to offer. Come on, husbands that step up to the plate and lead the home. Come on, wives that step up to the plate and lead the home and lead the family. Come on, I believe in business people with godly kingdom values that take the lead in their workplace. We're not, when we think leadership in the church, we're thinking, well, I'm not on the worship team. No, 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 no. That's like point zero 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 one percent of what God is calling us to when it comes to leadership you're a leader you are a leader you're leading something you're leading you carry influence you carry influence the way you talk the way you respond the way you dialogue with folks the way you view things the way you speak about things the way you carry yourself the way you everything about you says something about how you lead you're a leader. Tell your neighbor that you're a leader. You're a leader. You're leading. So, so sometimes I think we fall into the trap of saying, nah, nobody's following. So, so if nobody's following, I'm not a leader. Here's the thing. Leaders aren't, don't wait for people to follow to lead. You're a leader. And when you know that you're a leader... You need to start acting like a leader. <laughs> Jesus is right. There's, we're, we're, we're leaders. But how many of y'all know that, yep, we're leaders, but there's such a thing as bad leadership? Oh, 
You're thinking of somebody right now. Hopefully it's not me. You're thinking of that supervisor. You're thinking of that, 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 that shift person. You're thinking of that, that somebody up in your life that's just a terrible leader. And it doesn't matter if they're leading like half a person. If they're a bad leader, they're a bad leader. There's such a thing as bad, toxic, micromanagement leadership. There's, there's, such, a thing as, uh, there, there's such a thing as just like just weird leadership. People that just don't know, don't know how to lead. And Nehemiah gives us a whole thing about leadership in two verses. Two verses, and he unpacks an entire thing about what leadership should look like. So whether you are a single man or a single woman, whether you are a husband or a wife, you are a father or a mother, you are just a person working, you are a person that's breathing, you are alive, you are here, you're in ministry, you're not in ministry. It does not matter. This morning, God wants to equip you to be a better leader in whatever sphere of influence you are in. Come on, I believe that this church's mandate is not only just to point people to Jesus, but to talk about the effects that Jesus has in our life, which is good, healthy leadership in every area that we're going to be stepping foot in. Don't compartmentalize the kingdom to Sunday morning just here at church. The kingdom is not 194 Barton Street. The kingdom is you being a leader wherever you plant your feet. Oh, but I'm not on the, this team. I, I don't, I'm not. No, it's not about being on this, that team. It's not about being on the worship team. Well, I can't sing. That's not leadership. Leadership, leadership is you being equipped with kingdom values to then have that influence and spread it to others. John Maxwell says simply, leadership is influence. There is people that have bad influence, but they're still leading. Leadership is not always good leadership. There's toxic leadership. There's poor leadership. There's phony leadership. There's people that think they're leaders, but they're only leading their own behind. There's bad leadership. But, But this morning... God gave me a word, and this is a little bit more like teachy than preachy, but I feel like we're going to preachy anyway, is that, that, that God is calling our church to be a church that equips leaders. Leaders. And, and, and I think about the leadership seminar that my, that my mom, Pastor Carol, taught this past fall, which I think was one of like the highlights of this past year, which was such an equipping event, and we want more of that. Come on now, we want more of that. We want, we want more of that. I know, I know she's like, not sitting, I wasn't, no, we want more of that in Jesus' name. Because I believe like a church where just everybody's just being spoon-fed is a church that lacks maturity. We're a church of leaders. Yeah, solid food. Thank you for helping me out on this. It's just that we, we need to step up to the, to the plate of leadership. And check this out. All of a sudden, we start in verse number 17. It says, Nehemiah talking, then I said to them, pause, that's a whole message right there. And you're like, Shane, what? That's a whole message is because when verse 17 reads like this, then I said to them, this is super important because who is them? Who is them? Them is the team, the people that are going to come alongside and labor and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Check this out. Vision without a team will always be a daydream. Vision, there's mad people that love to have vision. Check this out. Having a vision without, I'm going to go slow because it's 9.58, which is actually feels like 8.58 to you. So we haven't really started worship yet. So, so <laughs> check this, okay? Having a vision without developing the capacity to bring people along makes you a great dreamer, not a great leader. Wow. 
Having a vision, I know it's a lot for 858. Having a vision without developing the, developing the capacity to bring people along. There are some folks who just come up with great ideas but can't inspire anybody to come along with it. So your entire life is going to be great ideas. But you haven't developed the capacity to bring people alongside to get it done. And what you're building when all it is is ideas is an island, not a team. This is good. Come on. Them is the team. You got to develop a cut. Folks, can I just talk practically in relationships? Husbands, because I'm a husband and a dude. Here's the thing. Marriage, check this, is a team. If all you're doing is giving ideas, but never inspiring anyone to come alongside, you're not really married. You have a roommate. You're not leading. Leadership is, yes, idea, but, hey, developing the capacity to bring alongside so that we can get this done. Are you feeling me? Coworkers, employees, ministry leaders, all of this, folks. Ministry, check this, ministry can't lie on one person. You will, you will die trying to do it alone. You will die. And no, the skill of ministry, the skill of ministry, check this out, is not great ideas. There's a million people with great ideas. Every church person has great ideas about what should be done. Right? Everybody knows what should be done, what level the light should be at, how loud the sound should be. Everybody's a sound technician. Like, everybody got a PhD in, in, in worship. Everybody knows the theology of, 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 of Waymaker, right? Everyone knows everything about everything. Leadership is, is, leadership is not always perfect. Leadership doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. But leadership means that the folks that you're leading have trusted, have trusted your capacity to, to, to bring people into the process to get things done. Le- leadership is not bullying. Leadership is not bullying. Leadership is also not micromanagement. Leadership is also not just somebody giving orders. Leadership is coming alongside for us to get things done, which leads me to my next thing because Nehemiah, check this out. This is really good. He says, he goes on, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah always uses collective language. We, us. I, uh, that's one of my pet peeves of ministry is when people say, you guys. What are you guys doing for Easter? What are you guys doing for retreat this year? What are you guys doing for... No, I don't care if you're not on the team. If, you, if you're sitting right here, if we're talking, it's we. What are we doing? What is us doing? What is retreat looking like for we? It's never you. It's us. And leaders always speak collectively. Husbands, because I'm talking about husband, I'm a dude. When you are talking about your home, it's not you. Because guess what? Anything that happens to her, who does it affect? You. So it's always we. What are we doing tonight? 
What are we doing with this money? Oh, that's your money. That's my money. That, oh, that, that's my paycheck. No. When you signed up for marriage, guess whose paycheck that is now? Hers. It's we. It's always we. It's always us. When you always are thinking about me and not we, you are building an island. It's a team effort. It's a team. It's always a team effort. Folks, as a church, we got to change our collective language. It's not you guys. It's not you. It's not they. It's we. It's us. Because if something is going wrong, guess who it went wrong for? Us. If someone's in pain in our church, guess who's in pain? We are. If somebody just had a victory, guess who had the victory? We did. If somebody's throwing a party, guess who's going? We are. If somebody got a raise, guess who got a raise? We did. If somebody's going through a hard time in life, guess who's going through a hard time in life? We are. If somebody got laid off, guess who got laid off? We did. If somebody got promoted, guess who got promoted? We did. If somebody got a breakthrough, guess who got a breakthrough? We did. If somebody's fighting the devil, guess who's fighting the devil? We are. If somebody got a miracle, guess who got a miracle? We did. Church, it's always we. It's always we. It's always we. It's always us. Because when you develop a team mindset, yes, you can fall together, but you always rise together. And church, ministry, your job, your marriage, I never want us to develop a culture where we just kind of go off and do our own thing. It's never going to be successful when you go off and do your own thing. Because we, check this, we live in a 21st century American culture that is pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Do your own thing. That is not kingdom values. Kingdom is we. Kingdom is us. Kingdom is collectivist. When one wins, we all win. When someone's in pain, we're all through pain. So reject culture and adopt kingdom mindset. It's we. It's us. Because when we start allowing the culture to dictate how we live, and now we've built islands between each other, and now there's space, and now there's, and so when, when you're in pain, that doesn't bother me. And when you're going through stuff, that's nothing to me. And, and that's not what the kingdom is. Kingdom is us. Kingdom is collective. Kingdom is we. And kingdom leaders always speak in the collection of folks. We never ostracize others, and we never isolate ourselves. It's always we. I want you to tell your neighbor, it's always we. He used collective language, and that's super important, because check this out. As long as kingdom work is about you, you will never be an effective leader making it all about yourself. I always, check this out. Receive this. Identify what the predominant pronoun in somebody's vocabulary is. Pronouns is he, she, we, they, him, her. Identify, brushing up on our English grammar this morning, haven't thought about it in 15 years. Identify, when, somebody, when somebody's primary pronouns are either me or personal pronouns, thank you, or they, that means that we've now, they've developed this idea of like separating themselves from whatever's going on. 
separating themselves from it. If there's a whole lot of me, whole lot of whole lot of I, whole lot of whole lot of just it's the, the just you're separating yourself from it. But when it's collective language, when they're using we, they, that means that they're uh, part of it, part of the, part of the team. And, and man, my heart's desire is that in the next season, phase that we're going into, check this, we reject any mindset where we would isolate ourselves from what God is doing collectively in our church. Y'all heard what they are doing? No. Look what God is doing among us. No, we're, we're talking us. I want to be a part of it. I'm not going to isolate myself from it. Man, good leaders always talk collectively. I don't want to make it about me because it's never about me. It's about us. Nehemiah, check this though, he identifies the reality of what's going on but points to the solution. Small-minded people state the obvious, but leaders always state the solution. Because he says there, you see the trouble we are in, Jerusalem lies in ruins, come let us rebuild. In the same phrase, he is identifying the problem, but also identifying the solution. There's a whole lot of folks that just like to identify the problem and walk away. Bathroom still ain't done yet? Nope. Buckle up, ladies. We waited three months for ours. Uh, right? This is, this is good. Maybe, if it's, maybe it's not, but it's, it is good for me, so, so receive it. Because we got to not only, this is a phrase I use with people all the time when they got an idea for ministry or an idea for something the church should do. I always say, it looks like you have the vision for it, which means if you have the idea, you have the capacity to get it done. Right? Oh, we should. Sounds like you got the vision. I'll follow. Because we can't just be in the business of identifying. We're not, we're not, we're not just Captain Obviouses. We got to be part of the team to get things done. Husbands, because I'm a dude and I'm a husband, sometimes all we do is identify the problem in our wife. Or identify the problem at home. This trash can. Guess whose trash can? That is. It's yours. These kids. Guess who procreated? She didn't make those kids alone. We got to come alongside. It's we. I, I want to honor Kevin. Uh, Y'all love Kevin, Kevin and Ella, Kevin and Ella. I think their wedding where Kevin put a ring on not only Nella, but Nehemiah, was one of the highlights of my life. That was our wedding. We, we, that was the we wedding. Because that was the picture of leadership. It's not just her kid. It's our kid. And, and Chacha, you just said right, and I just thought about you too. Because those photos of you and Nehemiah on Sunday afternoons in your swag are just, and, and this family, the photo shoots y'all do, you two and, and, your, and your baby girl, and you guys are the highlight, the picture of what I'm talking about for all of us. That's a team. Don't let the enemy take that team. Don't let the enemy take that team. Shorty, don't let the enemy take that team. 
Gino, like, brings Gino, like, it's like his kid. Yo, that's, I, I just, so many young couples that are just, man, you guys are goals. Goals, goals. Goals, man, goals. When I look around, I just see what God is just doing, where God is building up teams, where, yeah, isolation could have happened and, 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 and just destruction could have happened. Look what God has done. I look, at, I look up to you guys. I look up to what you guys are doing. And I learned from that as a pastor because I feel like these are all my kids that I didn't ask for. Right? You got one, I got a few hundred. But now it's we. And you got to rise to the occasion and make it work. People that are born here, people that now are born here, people that like old school, people that like new school, people that like smoke, people that hate smoke, people that, people that like him, people that like power worship, people that like help, people that like, but, but you know what? It's we. And we're going to make this work. And we're going to get sick on city night and you're going to preach. And we're going to make it work. And we're going to make this thing happen. And we're going to pull ourselves up. And we're going to make this team thing happen. And we're going to grow this church. And the gates of hell won't prevail. And we're going to stand. And we're going to be good leaders. And we're not going to accept toxic behavior. And we're not going to accept gossip. And we're not going to accept division. And we're not going to let anybody walk in here and be invisible. This is a church where everybody's welcome. Everybody can come in. There's no hierarchy. There's no thrones on the stage. Everybody's at the same level at the foot of the cross. And it's we. It's not you. It's not me. It's we. It's forever we in Jesus name can you say amen oh come on I feel like a million bucks you better get with me y'all are at about a thousand right now you have about 10 more minutes to get up to a million come on there's just some that we got to do as a church and it's shaping the culture of we and you're like Shane you sound like a broken record I don't care I'll repeat it till I die because this is what the enemy does he comes in to divide up people you get in your corner, you sit over there, you don't talk to them, you got beat with them, you don't talk to that, you don't go, you don't go to cafe, you don't know this, you leave right at no, 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 not need that, you not know. It's we forever. You know how dating couples be putting like, oh, March 7th, 2020 till forever. And they've been dating like 24 hours. Well, we are together. What's today? The 8th? 3 8 2020 ambassador's church till forever baby like we are together you are stuck with me and I am gladly stuck with you and you know what that's fine with me that's fine with me because I want to be on whatever team God put me on yo you know what I hated in elementary school I got to end this message is when they chose two captains for kickball or any ball that they were going to play. And they started picking teams. I hated it. Hated it. Why? You know what's something I realized today? Not today. This week, because I was thinking about life. I was like, Shane, I don't think you were ever bad at sports. I think you just didn't have confidence. Because I was always afraid to lose or to be the cause of the team that lost. So I would always kind of like, I remember as a kid, like 10 years old, just being like, nah, don't pick me because I don't want to be responsible for y'all losing. I remember feeling like that. So, man, I wish like at 10, I would have been like, pick me. And if we lose, it's all right. We'll try again. 
But no, I was always the kid that was like, nah, don't pick me. And so I would kind of like stand in like in a, in a spot where the most athletic among us would choose the most athletic. And, and I would kind of be one of the last kids. And then I'd get picked and I'd go. And I remember playing through kickball, touch football, wall ball, all, all the ball. And just fear that I would be the reason the team would lose. I remember like standing in the end zone when the, when the, the kid that was 6'5 with the mustache in seventh grade would throw the ball and I'd be like, not me. Because I don't want to be responsible. But man, it's a team. And if, and if we lose, we lose together. At least we got each other. And I could t- preach a whole message about how we're not the team that's losing and how we've read the end of Revelation and we know which team loses and all that. But I want to talk real practical. I'm on your team. And you're on my team. So let's have the confidence that we got each other's back. Married people, you're on the same team. You guys aren't enemies. You're on the same team. When I, when I realized that Alini is fighting for my best interest, I'm like, wait, hold on. This is not kickball? Because I approach marriage like a kickball mindset. Like, not win. No, no. Wait, we're on the same team? You picked me and I picked you? Now we're on the same team and now we're going to kickball against anybody? Yep, kickball, kick butt against the world. Let's get it. Let's go. We're on the same team. I got to end this thing. I know. God, good leadership is God-empowered leadership. And God, godly leadership is submitted leadership. You can never lead until you're submitted to leadership. Being submitted is one of the hardest things of our generation. Hard. Because to be submitted means to allow somebody else's voice to trump our own, to speak louder than our own. But being submitted is... It's the, it's the model of the kingdom to be submitted to leadership. Even when you don't agree with the opinion of the leader to whom you're submitting to, you honor through submission. Submission is not slavery. Submission is me saying, God, in the same manner that I'm submitting to the, the view of my leader, my authority, I'm submitting to the authority of God. Because rebellion, check this, rebellion to the authority, the spiritual authority God has placed in our life is direct rebellion to God himself. Because the authority that God, the spiritual covering that God places in our life is placed there by God himself. And so when we submit to that leader, we are submitting to God. Leadership that is worthy of being followed is leadership that has been submitted to leadership. You can't be a leader unless you're submitted. You can't be a leader unless you have learned what it looks like to have your opinion be second. And you have learned what it looks like for things not to go your way. Check this out, though. What I love about Nehemiah is that he's talked collectively. Dolly, you can help me out so I can start ending this, because if not, I'll go till 11. Um, Is that he's been talking this whole time collectively. We, us, let's do this. And then the end of the verse comes, and the whole team's like, all right, let's get started. Let's start rebuilding. Because when you include people in the vision, they'll be willing to do the work. I want to honor Alini for a minute. Because 
city night for a while was like, I was doing a lot, Xavier is doing a lot, still does a lot. But, but then Alini's like, we gotta get this thing onto a lot, of, a lot of shoulders and a lot of people's, like we gotta, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of people coming to city night and we can't just put this on us three. And Dream Team was born. And it was literally like, us just saying, we can't do it alone. We got to bring people in because this thing is growing faster than our capacity to handle it. And so when I see everybody with their lanyards on, on city night, the red lanyard that said volunteer, and people are picking up couches and cleaning bathrooms, and taking out trash and hosting the speaker and bringing up the table and putting the water and getting coffee for the speaker or cleaning putting atmosphere music in the lobby, greeting, floating, filling up water, kicking people out at the end of the night, whatever you gotta do, praying, prayer team, worship team, band, lights, projection, sound. Oh man, you know how exhausting it would be if it was just me running into all those positions? Be impossible. So when I see a leader like Alini, who inspires people to come alongside and get it done. I honor her. Because me, sometimes I just think, no, I don't want to bug anybody. But it's not bugging people. It's bringing people in. It's not inconveniencing you. It's not inconveniencing the team. It's us saying, we want to be part of what God is doing. Church, we're going to three services in just over a month. We need more people to step up to the plate without complaining, without being dragged, because if you're gonna be dragged, you might as well not do it. But people that are saying, I so believe in what God is doing in this house, that I want to be a part of it. And Shane, you're scheduling me way too much, but I'll confirm anyway, <laughs> come on. And, and this is just what God is doing in this house, is because right now it's three services that we're facing up against. I can't promise you that in six months it won't be four. And I can't promise you in a year it won't be six. And I can't promise you, I can't promise you anything. I can only promise that we're going to follow exactly what God tells us to do. And we're going to see results. And the team is going to grow. And our kids are going to know who Jesus is. And our services will be filled. And our worship will be anointed. And the gospel will be proclaimed. And hell will suffer. Heaven will win. And everything will go as God intends it to be. I can't promise you much. But I do promise that God is leading this church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's not Shane's church. It's not Pastor Liseo and Pastor Carol's church. It's God's church, and we get to be a part of it. Can you give God a shout of praise? So young couples, you inspire me. Alina, you inspire me. Pastor Lizelle, Pastor Carol, you inspire me. Church, you inspire me. When I look at what God has done, I can only look forward to what God will do. That's why we sang do it again, again. I know it sounds like we're singing it every Sunday. And you know what? We might sing it every Sunday for the next six months if we have to. Because if God did it before, we're prophesying that God's going to do it again. Lord, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've, you've made a way, God. Come on, church. Help me preach this message by giving God a shout of praise. Come on. It's we. It's we. 
It's we, and I can't promise you that I'll get it right. And I can't promise you that every decision will make you happy. And I can't promise that every week will be perfect. But I can promise that I'm submitted to leadership. And I can promise that I'm submitted to God. And I promise you that I'm trying to be the best husband I can be. And I promise you that with God in me and God for us, we will see progress in the next 10 years. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. Can't promise you anything other than God got us. As I'm faced with the overwhelming reality of what's coming up in the next year or so, it's a lot, but God is much greater. It's a lot, but God is much greater. And I just know, like, God got this church. And the dream God gave 25 years ago, we've only just scratched the surface of what's to come. I just see it. I just, I just know it. It's like, it's just like, it's not even a dream. It's reality just waiting to happen. But Nehemiah looked at rubble, but he saw a city rebuilt because leaders don't see what is. They see what can be. Small-minded people see what is. Small-minded people see empty chairs. Leaders see a harvest. Small-minded people see small things, but leaders see mountains waiting to be taken. Come on. Oh, man. Small-minded people see rubble, but leaders see walls being built. Come on. Small-minded people see impossible, but leaders see the move of God. Small-minded people see disease, but leaders see miracles. Small-minded people see demons, but leaders see deliverance. Small-minded people see impossible, but leaders see the move of God for our generation. Church, when I see our church, I don't see a small church in Pawtucket that can just be driven by. I see a move of God for this generation. I see a house of prayer. I see a house of revival. I see a move unlike anything we've ever experienced. I see it right now, right before my very eyes. We just got to reach forward and take it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Anybody can state the obvious, but leaders, leaders got to see the impossible. Come on, church. Open up your mind. Stop being petty. Get with the move of God. Hop on the train or you'll miss it. Hop on this wave or it'll pass you by. God's doing something. I want to be a part of it. Come, let us rebuild. Come, let us rebuild. Come, let us rebuild. We will see this thing restored even to greater than what it has ever been. Because you see, the story of Nehemiah is the story of Jesus. Jesus is the outsider who came in and saw rubble. But he didn't see just rubble. He saw what could be. When Jesus saw you, yeah, it was rubble. But what he saw was restoration. So the story of Nehemiah is great. The story of Jesus is greater still. Because when Jesus sees you, he doesn't see you as you are. He sees what he can do out of you. Because great leaders don't see what has been. Great leaders see what can be.